<laughs> when I was a little girl, I had never seen snow until after we moved to the Midwest after when I, I was nine, and a guy that was a plumber came from up in the mountains down, and we were the next person. There was snow all over his truck, and I got, my brother and I got snow off his truck, and we were running into the house with the snow, and my dad said, where are you two going? And we both said, we're going to put it in the freezer. Yeah. And dad says, then it's not snow, then it becomes ice. <laughs> yeah. Well, what did we know? We were little. <laughs> we were California kids and we were little. You know, double. <laughs> but you know, you can make uh, ice cream with snow. Yeah. Yeah, it's for snow cones. Real snow. fresh snow and you've got to re- get real clean snow. The snow cones came from that too. Yeah. Um, change the subject. Uh, we're yeah. here to discuss the radio play. And please. Well, that's what we're here to talk about. Yeah, we're not talking about uh-huh. weather. This isn't the weather channel. Um, so, I, I thought maybe you guys would like to, I mean, you've been on the show, but you're playing different characters. So, I thought you'd introduce yourselves and tell who you are and who you're playing. Ray, you go oh, first. Well, I was going to be the gentleman and let the ladies go first, but uh, <laughs> I, 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 I guess I am the only male in the cast, so, yeah. Yes, uh, you are. <laughs> well, I play, I'm Ray Brent, I play Arthur, and uh, this was an opportunity for me to uh, play a romantic, which is uh, different than a lot of the roles I've played, and I sh- truly enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. It, uh, it is a, about a man who, well, my part is he's off from, he's away from the woman that he has decided he loves, and he's communicating through letters, and his, uh, I'll find the words there in a minute, but uh, he's discovering that through the, the written communications between the two of them, that he's fallen even deeper in love than what he was when he first met her. Uh, I it was a great opportunity for to go from thinking he likes her to out and out saying I love you, a true romantic. It is a romantic part. I'll tell a little bit more after you guys introduce yourselves. Uh, Ariel, you go next. So, I'm Ariel. Um, I play Maria, or Marishka, as Arthur likes to call her. And she is a, a seamstress, or a costume maker for the American Yiddish Theater. And, yeah, she met up with Arthur at a camp, and they, they danced together, and they developed sort of I guess a courtship, so while he's away at war, they're corresponding through letters, and uh, this is my third time, I think, playing Maria. Yeah, she, she's been featured in the first two um, plays about Mary, uh, uh, about Sherry's family, so it's, it's quite fun seeing the different sides of her. Um, this is Maria in love. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed playing that. And you're maturing, too. I, I have to, I have to say yeah. also, this time I'm playing her future husband, 
Oh, yes. And previously, I've been playing her father. Yes. <laughs> That's a little switch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. And Liz? I'm Liz Elliott. I'm narrating. Um, so I guess you'll hear me at the beginning, sort of setting the scene, and at the end, giving a little bit of an epilogue. Sure. Um, and it's very important, especially the beginning, setting the scene, tells you all what's going on and where you are and everything. And I think that's really such an important thing. Um, so as the cast explained, this is uh, based on stories from my grandparents about uh, what happened to them during um, the period between the time they met and uh World War One and uh also based on letters that I found mostly from my grandma and um uh diaries and a bunch of other stuff. My mother's passed away recently and I was digging through boxes of hers and I slowly discovered different things and that's where the story comes from. <laughs> so my grandma is Mary. My grandpa is Arthur. So they are real people. It's not. It, there, some of it's based on stories. And my grandmother was a great raconteur. So I can't guarantee it's all true. <laughs> it's based on her stories <laughs> and the letters. Well, in that case, then it has to be a grain of truth in it. Oh, I mean, I'm sure 99.9% are true, but, you know. My grandma was a great storyteller. She was like the David Niven of our family. (laughs) (laughs) She does enjoy telling Arthur Uh, stories about her life in this one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And my grandma, uh, as in the book, as in the in, in the play, my grandma was a huge reader. I mean, she's, back in the day, when you went to a bank, they gave you things to make you come and stay with them. They really wanted you. <laughs> so they gave you, like, prizes. And one of the things that they gave, they gave posters and a bunch of other stuff, but they gave books. And that's what my grandma went towards, <laughs> was always the books. <laughs> So she always had a load of them. <laughs> do you remember that? Do that today. Yeah, I know. It was just like gas stations and green, uh, blue chip stamps and green chip stamps. I remember going to the um, the redeeming thing to get my toys and stuff. Because uh-huh. <laughs> my parents would give us. So here's the stamp. You just go up there and give it to them, and they'll give you your, your gift. They didn't tell me what they ordered for us. It was our gift. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think you must remember that, Ray. Actually, uh, Kansas didn't, didn't allow green stamps. You're kidding. No. Nope. Oh, that's sad. It was fun. So, I didn't know about that. I was a little older and there wasn't a thing I could do about it. Yeah. 
You've got, you, uh, I think both Liz and Ari are way too young for that. They don't know. <laughs> yeah, I remember. So your family started in New York and then moved to California? Well, it's sort of complicated. My family started in New York and then moved to Rhode Island. And then my uh, parents, my mom and dad, fell in love through letters as well during a different war, the Korean War. So it's kind of weird. <laughs> I couldn't understand. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't understand why my grandma and my mother kept giving me these ads for uh, soldiers. Write to them. <laughs> Until I started reading. Oh, I knew about mom and my my mom and dad, but I had no idea my grandparents also did it. And and grandma did it too. She would like cut out ads for soldiers for during um, Afghanistan and, and Kuwait and stuff like that. And like, but it wasn't just, you know, just write. No, you got to write. You have to do it. What? Do I have a legal obligation? What it was? I had no idea why they were both so insistent. Now I do. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, my, so my, my mom and dad, well, first my, one of my uncles moved to California. Then my mom and dad moved to Ohio first because my dad was still in the Air Force and he had no choice. And then when he left the Air Force, they came to California. And then my other uncle came to California. And then finally my grandparents came to California. It was like a little, we came in waves. We invaded. <laughs> But, yeah, that's how we got here. And my brother and I were born here, so. <laughs> born and raised. I lived back east for a little while, but 99.9% of the time have been in California. Great place to be. Yep. <laughs> it's home. Uh, home is, is where you hang your hat. Very good. Yeah. That's also a song. <laughs> yeah. So not, not appropriate for the time, but yeah. I think it's hang your hat. I don't know. Anyway, it's an old song from I think the thirties, more than the twenties. But I can't. It's from a musical. I can't remember which one. You know, my birthday's coming up. I'm getting old. <laughs> So we don't have the money for that song. Let's <laughs> bleep that out. <laughs> we don't have the money for that song. Um, <laughs> well, when we no, sign off. It's not protected anymore. Oh, it isn't? No. Yeah. It's public domain now. Oh, good. Yeah, I didn't know that. When did that happen? When did it become public domain, Liz? Uh, sometime within the last 10 years. Yeah. Because I remember this lady had gotten it or something, and every time, and people stop people from singing it on, like, um, um, talk shows or game shows where they start singing, right. and the host, no, 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 we, we don't have the money for that. Restaurant. Yeah, restaurant. Yeah. Restaurant. Yeah, um... 
I remember when that first happened, I went for my birthday, and they said, put another candle in your birthday cake. And I said, oh, I know where that came from, the chef. Um, <laughs> because that's the, you weren't allowed to sing happy birthday anymore. <laughs> oh, well. Big Megillah. And, and, and I mean, they were, you know how the late night guys like to tear apart politics and stuff? Well, this was the late night guys tearing apart the, some woman bought the birthday song. <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember that. It was weird. Very weird. But, um, okay. So... Basically, what happened was I had written the other two parts, and I kind of stumbled on this stuff. I knew the stories from before, but I actually stumbled on some other diaries and information and letters, and I thought, I can use what my, what they told me and mix it with my memories of the stories that they told me and mix it with the letters and see what comes out of the pile. Do you guys like the little pile I came up with? Yeah. It's a good little pile. It's a good little pile. It tells the whole story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it took them a long time to get married. I mean, it, there, there was, that was still early, and even though they were much more modern than European Jews, um, they still had to go through a bunch of up. There was, they had matchmakers in the U.S., but most people didn't do that anymore. Um, there were people who did do it still. Um, people that are like were Hasidim and stuff. My my grandma was Orthodox, and my grandpa was conservative. So, so you wouldn't think that they would. They loved each other. They were crazy, and they were together. Uh, no, sixty years, sixty some years. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Until my grandpa died. Yeah. So yeah, well, that that is a that is a love that uh, raises above everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it wasn't like my grandpa and her would fight. You know, they were normal people, <laughs> but but they were um, they totally loved each other and worried about each other and cared about each other. They were adorable. They were just this cutest couple. <laughs> Well, it, it's like any marriage, and I, people ask, how long have you been married? And I say, well, I've been married 40 years, happily married. Uh, I've been married three years, that, uh, not so much. You know? And they look at me kind of funny, and I say, well, it's not consecutive days. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's a matter of uh, finding somebody you truly love. Yeah. And... This is what they found was that true, that true love. It's but like when my your best friend, you you have arguments with your best friend. Yeah, that's what a, a spouse is—is is your best friend. It's it's like when uh, my dad and mom were uh, had their fiftieth anniversary, and um, it was a big deal because my dad and I worked at the same place. So we took the weekend off to get, not the weekend, but the Friday and the Monday off. We both took it off. Uh-huh. Luckily, we were in different departments, so we could do that. We worked at the same company. And so one of the people 
I think it was his manager said, so how did you guys make it the 50 years? And my father said, I learned two very simple words. And he goes, what? And he said, yes, dear. I knew it. <laughs> I've got a t-shirt that has that on it. <laughs> Life got it for me. Worked the other day, and people, especially the women, said, I like that. I like that. <laughs> First two words I learned when we got married. Yep. Yeah. I think it's a very good thing, you know? Women have a lot of intelligence, so it's good to let them rule the roost. Well, <laughs> tell me about it. I mean, how do you think I've managed to live, live in a style I've grown accustomed to? <laughs> yes, dear. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah. It's just an interesting uh, thing. I think the longevity seems to, it's still around, but it's not as prevalent as it used to be. Like, there are a lot of people who made 50 and 60 years when my grandparents did. But when my parents did, not that many people were doing it. That was the height of divorce time, you know? And it's interesting, don't you think? Yeah. That's why everybody was like, really? 50 years? How did you do it? And he said, we got married and we stayed married. That's it. <laughs> my dad was always funny. <laughs> so was my grandpa. My grandpa was really funny. Um, so, my favorite story in the play is um, about a dog. I, I don't want to give too much away, but what's your favorite? Do you guys have a favorite part? I like when we get engaged. Oh, okay. Or betrothed, I should say. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that is, I, I agree there. Uh, I love the story about the dog. I, but when Arthur professes his true love to her, that is uh, that is the key element. That's a key moment. That's a key moment to me. Um, although when they're talking about books and he tells her, don't read anything about the war, that's another moment. Oh, right, yeah. It's protecting because her. Right, right. It's be, it, it, and I kind of understand that because it's just like what's happening right now in the world. I was so I was getting sucked in, and my brother said, "Just stop watching it. Uh, don't even read it every day. You know, yeah. wait till like take it and like at the end of the week or something, just so you can keep up with it. But don't watch it. Don't read. Watch some videos. Don't." Read it every day, otherwise you're going to get yourself sick. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's what he meant when he said that. Same thing. Yeah, for sure. Because you can you can uh, do overkill on that, really. I mean, and just think that when he came home right after that, the Spanish flu hit. So it's not like they were out of the woods. Yeah. Did any of them get it? Like anybody in your family? Uh, 
No, not in the in. I don't know about Grandpa Spies. Uh, I know he has his parents and his two sisters, but and I know both the sisters were there. I don't know if his parents made it through because I he never talked about that. He never talked about any tragedy. He didn't talk about. Uh, the war, I don't know where he's, I knew he was in France because it was part of his doggy story, but I don't know where he served in France. And now as an adult, and I've read a lot of stuff about World War One because I've become more and more interested in it, I'm dying to know where he served. <laughs> but I don't know how to do it. It's, it's not that easy to get medical, medical, um, um, military information and or any information from New York because that's where he lives. You have to go to New York to get information. It's it's really difficult because I tried. You, you you have to like wait in line at like the uh, public. Uh, I don't know what they call it, but and stuff. And I mean, I I'm sorry, I don't have the money to go to New York. <laughs> Yeah. Well, right now I can't even travel to go to walk to the end of the block. Well, I can go to the end of the block, but you know what I mean. <laughs> but yeah, so they go through World War One. Uh, we have losses, but not compared to Europe. Europe and Australia, New Zealand, they have much worse losses than we do because we came into the war late. Um. But, right, they come home safe, and then the whole, both Europe and, and the U.S. get hit by a Spanish flu. And handle it much better from what I can see. <laughs> Which, actually, the origins of the Spanish flu was in Kansas. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Uh, down, down by Fort Riley. Uh, yeah, the soldiers took it home with them. They didn't know it. They were carriers. <laughs> but once they realized what was happening, they took intelligent steps to protect their loved ones and, and stuff. Once uh-huh. they knew about it, they, you know, they handled it very well. The, but still, the, the losses were oh, yeah. humongous. Yeah. But one of the interesting things I read, and this is why I think... Our governor is trying so hard to keep a lid on everything, and people are so mad at him. People don't realize Los Angeles and San Diego, Sacramento, and San Francisco, when the Spanish flu hit, they immediately put everybody in lockdown. And they got better, flatlined. So the governor at the time, uh, everybody can go back to normal. And when it came back again, it was worse and Thousands of people died. So I think one of the reasons our governor in California is so restrictive because he knows our history. He didn't want it to happen again. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So it's important to know history. Yeah. If you yeah, don't if know you, history, you're yeah. doomed to repeat it. I'm sorry, Ray, were you going to yeah. say that? <laughs> I was going to say that, yeah. <laughs> That's something my father okay. says a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, so the other part of it is the letter writing and, and doing it as letters. Um, I wanted it to be different 
than the other plays that have letters like that, like um, um, love letters and vagina monologues and things like that. I'm tr- I try to make it different. Did I succeed, or can you tell? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely marks the time period because you know nowadays people court each other through FaceTime. Right. <laughs> And, you know, it's not just a monologue, it's it's a, a dialogue. So, it's, you know, for this one, having it as a series of monologues back and forth to each other uh, really, I guess, solidifies the time period where they are. Did it make you right. feel as you were doing it that you were... that Did it make it easier for you to be in the period? Uh-huh. Yeah. The, the language is so different than what we have today mm-hmm. that, yes, it was a lot easier to to get into that that time period, into that time, that mindset. And you can yeah. see that I, I tried really hard to stay within the language of that period, right? Yes. Because I kept correcting myself. Because you can't help it. You, you, you flip. Um, when you're writing, and you and I kept rereading. Oh no, can't do that. They didn't say things like that, and I had to change it. So I just wanted. To, I'm grateful you saw that. Did you see that too, uh, Ariel and Liz? That I I kept it in the period. <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice too much modernization of the language. So. No, it was definitely the period. Yeah, yeah. It was so I, hard I, for me. One of the hard parts was. Looking at that and seeing what it was saying and not mentally correcting it while I was doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like yeah. when you watch a movie that's set in World War One or the twenties or the thirties, and somebody says like, uh, "like" or "yeah" or "see you soon" or something like that, that would never be. It just kind of throws you out of the show you're watching. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, it has, um, if, if it's stylized like that, that's okay. Like, Xena was stylized to be modern speak. All over the place. Yeah. That, that was the way it was styled. So that made sense. That was fine. But if they're supposed to be... Yeah, exactly. But if it's set in the 1920s or the 1910s or something like that, that... It, it, you, you want it, yeah. You have to have it in the right period. For sure. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Which is such a very California. Well, my wife and I have gotten in, had gotten into a TV series that is set in right around right during the first decade of the twentieth century. And I love it because the dialogue and everything, the expressions, are set from that time period. What's the name of it? Murdoch's Mysteries. Oh, I love that show. It's a, it's a Canadian, Canadian show, and we've caught up to, we're ready for the 13th season. <laughs> wow. Isn't that long? Didn't realize. I, I started uh, watching it on... Um, on one of the streaming services, 
Acorn. Yeah. And I, I like it. But I kind of got hooked into another show called um, Frankie Drake Mysteries, and it kind of took me over there because it was the 20s, and I have a, and it's women and everything. So it kind of yeah. pulled me out in my I'll go back. <laughs> and and I, I think one of the things for longevity in that, in that case is that it does keep the flavor of that period of time. But it's really cool. Love it. I, I, it's very cleverly done. Yeah. But, yeah, I I can't stand a, a movie that all of a sudden you hear some clanky thing that's obviously 2021 or 2020, you know? It just, <laughs> it, it just really annoys me. <laughs> right. Because I was watching a movie that was supposed to, and I grew up then, was supposed to be set in the 70s, and they were saying modern phrases. Stuff we would never say in the mm-hmm. 70s. Um, it was weird. <laughs> that's the thing that bothered me about that Bridgerton, that new miniseries that's such a big hit. Yeah. It's too modern. Yeah. Like the people speak are modern, and the, the, the way they speak is too modern, and just it just like, work to me. Now, it just throws you right out of the of the the show. It 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 it, you're, it 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 doesn't keep you if it doesn't have that language. Language is so important. Uh-huh. It really is, and I'm a big period drama fan. I watch a lot of British things. And me too. It didn't work for me. Yeah, I'm a, I'm, I, that's one of the things I love about, um, Downton Abbey. They really kept to each period that they were set in during that season. I mean, they, when they crossed over from the 19, um, you know, the war to 1920s, and all of a sudden they started using 1920s language, they did it really seamlessly and beautifully. Not every show does that. <laughs> Sure, you did the research. Yeah. yeah. Julian Fellows, he's a very good writer. <laughs> well, that good script is uh, is all important, really. Yeah, I love period, P- period, period pieces. <laughs> that didn't come out right. <laughs> so you can edit that out, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't edit unless it's terrible. <laughs> That was just an accident. Um, and I caught myself. Um, so, the other thing is, war is something that I find difficult because I don't fully understand what's like being in it. I've read a lot of books, I've watched a lot of movies, I've read a lot of history, but writing the part where my grandfather was talking about where he was and what he was doing and stuff, I did a lot of research for that, but it was really difficult because you have to lace it with the humanity of it, and it's very difficult because Grandpa never talked about it, so I really didn't know how he felt about it. I don't know if I got it. Uh, the only person who can really tell me is Ray. Did I get it? I, from what I gathered with it, yeah, it was, uh, 
he was, when he first started out, it was, I've got to be a man. I've got to be a man. I've got the macho thing. I've got the, this is the adventure to prove to the world that I am, I am a man. And when he starts talking about the dog, that changes a bit because he's, he's seen what his fellow soldiers were like and how his, uh, sergeant, his commanding officer was about the dog. And he's changing a bit. And then toward at the end, he doesn't want to talk about it. He, yeah, he's he seen too much. Yeah. He's very comfortable putting his softer side. Um, more emotional, vulnerable state to her. Um, like, he's kind of using her as like this lifeline while he's going through this really traumatic experience. Um, but also he just loves her and this is her company, so it's like this interesting dichotomy, I guess. It, it was really hard to write that part. And like I said, I did a lot of research. And most people who are war veterans, including the family members I have, like my dad and my, my brother, they don't talk about it. My brother was in Iraq in the Gulf War, and he has never talked about it. I, other than telling us that the Iraqis were in terrible shape, and they were not fed, and they were their clothes were in rags, he did tell us that, but he really didn't tell us about the actual war part. Well, I, I come from the Vietnam era, and oh, I did not serve... I ended up with a 4F, but people that I, I know that were there, very few of them talk about it. I did have one friend, we went out when Crivo got plowed, and he opened up about it. It's something I, I, I have to say I'm glad I never witnessed, because I'm not sure how I would handle it. Cause I, 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 I think Vietnam is a terrible, well, there is no good war. They're all terrible. That's one thing I, I totally understand from reading and, and listening to the people that have suffered that do talk a little bit. Um, but there's no good in war. War is a very bad thing. Um, it's scary that during World War One they were excited to go over and so many people died. I mean, they were excited and, 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 I mean, actually singing over there, they meant it <laughs> when they were singing over there. Right. It's, it, I, maybe it's, be, it's an in, because it's innocent and most of those people were in their, you know, their kids. 16, 17, 18. Yeah. Well, and um, they, they, had no fear of the consequences of what would happen when the targets that they'd been shooting at shot back. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the thing they knew was that they would have to kill and they might be killed. Didn't know if they would have to see their friends killed and that they would have to see their enemies die. And those are the things I don't think that they were prepared for. I don't think anyone is prepared for that. No. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's easier yeah. to be brave about yourself going into something like that, but you, it's really almost impossible to, if you love your friends 
and a lot of these people became best friends through the camps and stuff like that, to watch people die that you became buddies with, I don't even know how they did it. Yeah. It still breaks my heart. That's why so many of the, the ones that have gone to war recently come back with the PTSD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially and since they kept sending them back over and over again. The second war, um, not Desert Storm that my brother was in, but the one after that, I can't remember what, uh, with George W. Bush sent them. He kept sending people back. They would, their time would be up and they would send them back over and over again. I can't well, imagine what those people are feeling. And I, I grew up with the draft and when they ended the draft, it was a matter of we lost, we lost bodies to go into the military where during World War One there was the draft, during World War Two there was the draft, uh, Vietnam, Korea, Vietnam was the draft. And we're an all-volunteer army now, and we've lost the manpower, or some people would say the cannon fodder, that we had previously. That's so sad. Okay, we're coming again, and I want to change the mood, because I know it's part of what the play's about. It's about separation and war, but how did I capture the love story okay? Oh, yes. Definitely romantic. Uh, when I first read it, you asked if I would be interested. I was going, there's no way you can keep me away from this. Oh. I loved it. Thank you. Oh. Ariel, how did yeah, you think okay. about it? It was definitely something more lighthearted in the midst of, well, I mean, what we're going through right now, but also, like, in the midst of the setting there and the war. And I, I felt really drawn to Maria, or Mary, as she calls herself now. Um, and I'm looking forward to the next one, because I know there will be more. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's my Mareshka. <laughs> Maybe uh, when they get married or something. That was in the 20s. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and they had fun. <laughs> I'm sure there are lots of pictures. <laughs> there are a lot of really well my and also you gotta remember grandma was a seamstress, so any and her and she did, and copied her the hair and all that you know, anything she liked she would see in a magazine and she would do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So is there another one in the works right now? Not not the moment. I mean, there is another play in the works, but not that one. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'll hopefully you guys will like it when I do. If I do come up with one, I haven't yet. <laughs> um. Anyway. Well, let's see. I played Mary's father, Mariska's father, her husband. To be. To be. Is there a son in the group? <laughs> you mean, oh, well, yeah, uh, my uncle. Yeah. <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> I don't know how my uncles would feel about me doing a play with them in it. 
I don't even know how they feel about me doing a play with my grandparents in it, their parents. <laughs> but, um, but it's, I, it's based on the true story because it's based on grandma's stories and grandpa's stories. So, there. <laughs> I said it again. <laughs> anyway, um, so we're coming to the end. Um, the play will be the last week in February. I don't have an exact date, but it probably would be around the 27th, 28th. I don't know which one yet. But I will let you know. Keep your eyes peeled on um, all my different uh, things like uh, Sherry's Playhouse uh, group and Sherry's Playhouse page on Facebook. And on my website. Um, thank you guys for being in the play. I hope you all like being in it. <laughs> it's fantastic. Oh, yes. Well, like I said, it keep me away from it after I read it. Thank you. Um, yeah, the next one I'm writing is totally different. It's about Amelia Earhart. I have, uh, I have an Yes? Who also lived here in, in Los Angeles. Really, and her, um, her family actually lives where I grew up because her um, her aunt and her nephew lived next door to me uh-huh. when I was a kid. And he used to carry a big snake around his neck. But he taught me about gardener snakes and not to be afraid of them and what to do with snakes. I grew up being one of the few people not afraid of snakes. Uh-huh. And it's all Millie Earhart's nephew's fault. <laughs> but that's not what the play's about. Could be worse. <laughs> well, how could it be worse? It could have been spiders. Oh, yeah. I'm not a fan of spiders. Oh, no, no, no. Well, you know, that's the only thing I can think of is worse than snakes. Oh, I, I have a lot of friends in Australia. Uh, I, their spider population, it makes me second guess whether I ever want to go there. <laughs> Even just right. visit. <laughs> it's just, they're scary. And they're deadly. <laughs> Even deadlier than what we have here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Much, much more. Like a hundred times more deadly than our, our spiders. Even the Black Widow is nothing compared to their spiders. <laughs> but I, I love Australia. I'd love to go there someday. Um, anyway, um, thank you guys for being in the play. Um, uh, and, oh, I forgot to tell you, Amsley means true love in Yiddish. I was going to tell you at the beginning, and I forgot, so now I'm telling you at the end. That's the name of the play, and that's what it means. It means true love. What, Liz? I said that's great. Oh, sorry. I couldn't hear you. Um, okay. Um, anyway, thank you, guys. Um, any last things you want to say to the audience? Anybody? I look forward to uh, presenting this to you. Thank you for listening. That's good. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, thank you very much, and thank you for chatting, Sherry.
Thank you.